0: Good morning everybody, it is a privilege and an honor for me to get to be with you here at Oak Ridge Getting to see some people and faces I don't ordinarily get to see And so if you're watching in Kernersville or you're joining us online That's why it looks maybe a little bit different I'm at our Oak Ridge location and this is always a treat for me We are wrapping up our It's Messy series and it certainly has been And we're not quite through with the mess yet. Uh, I want to encourage you to catch up if you missed week one, two, or three. Go to our website. Go to our app. Make sure that you have the full picture, the full context of what we're going to be talking about here in the next few moments. But what I want us to do is jump right into the deep end of the pool. Here we go. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Because last week we were talking about messy issues. All the messy issues of culture, and boy, don't we got them. We got issues. We got all kinds of issues we're dealing with in all kinds of different ways, and we talked about, you know, how do we approach that? How do we talk about grace? Are we truth? All, all those things. And at the end, I think I identified with maybe what you're feeling and thinking. Maybe you were frustrated. And maybe you found yourself, this is where we picked left off last week. It doesn't matter. So it just doesn't matter. So what you're saying then then that the issues that people have doesn't matter, Pastor Jay? That it doesn't really matter how people live? Grace and truth, truth and grace. So people do whatever they want to do and they got all these issues and so it doesn't matter what you think, what you believe, how you live. No, 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 no. It matters immensely. But there is something that matters more. What matters more than the issues themselves? As we will see today, what matters more is how we treat each other. How we treat each other is actually more significant than the issues themselves. And what we think about them, what we believe about them, and stand, we take on them, and all those kinds of things is very important, very important. But what's most important It's this interpersonal dynamic, as we will see so clearly in the next few moments. And we figured this out in our culture. We know this is true. In the sports world, we have a word for this. It's called sportsmanship, right? It doesn't matter who wins or loses. It's how you treat each other. Be a good sport, be a good sport. You know, it's how you play the game. In in the work world, we have a word for it that's uh, kind of emerged over the last 10 to 15, 20 years. It's a phrase that maybe you've heard where you work. Emotional intelligence. right? It's about how we interact with each other. And in church and in other areas of the world and culture, we use the word love to describe this dynamic of how we treat each other. Yeah, because intrinsically we know that all of the issues in the world are really about people. And just like issues are messy, people. Messy. And a lot of times people are messy because of the issues they have, which are messy. People are messy. All relationships are messy. If you don't like messy relationships, just don't have any. But good luck with that. I mean, marriages are messy. Parenting's messy. Friendships are messy. I mean, just sibling relationships are messy. Uh, Being a neighbor, having a neighbor. Living with anybody around you is messy at times. I mean, it's just relationships. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. If you're going to be in a relationship with anybody, eventually you're going to experience some hurt and some pain. There's going to be moments of mistrust. There's going to be moments in those relationships where it doesn't go so well, and there's no way to remove it all. You can't sanitize relationships. You can't sanitize and and, and take it all away. No. And, And here's the interesting thing. We're all we got relationships is, I mean, that's all we got. Human beings, to have relationships with other human beings, I mean, that's our only option, right? We are all we got, and it is messy. And somebody in here is going, well, I have my cat. <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, nobody else is. Here's what we know that you don't know. Your cat is plotting to kill you in your sleep, <laughs> okay? Look it up. Look it up. Just, just, uh, I promise, there's whole books written on it. I'm telling you, I'm just, yeah. Now, you would think, you would think that when it comes to messy relationships and messy people and, and messy issues that Christians and the church, that, that we would be leading the way, right? You would think. And, and it's the way it ought to be, that churches and Christians, people that follow Jesus, should be setting the pace and setting the tone for culture in dealing with messy issues, and specifically people, messy people, that have all these issues. I mean, if just the Christians got this right, if just church people got this right, and, and here's the deal, you're not, you may not even consider yourself a Christian, but I think you would agree. I mean, if all you people that claim to be followers of Jesus, if just we got this figured out, what kind of change, what kind of difference would it make in our culture? But sadly, sadly, we struggle. And by we, I mean church people, Christian people, people like me and you. We struggle so greatly with the messiness of people, the messiness of people and the issues they have. I mean, for starters, and think about all the reasons why we struggle. We often, we being the church, we often expect people who don't claim to follow Jesus to live like they do. Think about it. We look at the culture. We get so frustrated. We watch the news and we're like, what's going on? See what, see what's wrong? I mean, what's, what's, what's up with our world? What's wrong with people? We look at our community and we're like, "What's going on? Why don't these people and, which people aren't following Jesus, they don't claim to follow Jesus. Why would we expect people who don't follow Jesus to act like and live like they follow Jesus? I mean, when we turn around and we look at the world and see how dark it is, often we resign to just screaming and yelling at the darkness for being dark. It's so dark. It's darkness. Right, so we would be much more, huh, much more successful if if we would stop yelling at the darkness and just focus on being a light. Right? So yeah, we expect people who don't follow Jesus to act like they do. And then here's the kicker: that's sad. It's just we forget. We forget that people and we, being church Christian people, we forget that people in the world are more important than the issues they have. The people that are in your life are more important than the issues they have. Your husband, your wife, your child, your parent, your sibling, your neighbor, your coworker, that annoying person in your life, they are more important than the issues they struggle with. And often all we see is issues. We forget about the people. And then we hurt each other as a result. And then While while we are looking at everybody else and their issues, I'm telling you, this is why we struggle with the mess, me included. We then overlook our own issues, our own messiness, to focus on everybody else so much easier. Listen, it is so much easier for me to see what your problem is than to recognize what my problem is. This phrase that, uh, I, I don't know where it, came from, you know, I've heard it all my life, and even if you're not a follower of Jesus or a Christian or church-going kind of person, you, you're familiar with this. You hear this, you know, well, I tell you what we need to do. We, we just need to love the sinner but hate the sin. We're going to love the sinner and hate the sin. Love the sinner and hate the sin. Well, that, that sound good. That sounds good, right? And I tell you, There's been a lot of damage done in the world under the guise of that well-intended phrase. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Because we get that confused real quickly. I heard it put this way many years ago. That it's never—I've never forgotten this—and I don't know who came up with this, but I think it's a much better way to approach it, and it it helps us deal with our own issues. Instead of love the sinner, hate the sin. How about this: love the sinner, hate your own sin. Hate your own sin, because if you're like me, you got your hands full when you look in the mirror and say, "Oh no, it's—it's not my brother." It's not my sister, but it's me, Oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Yeah, people are messy. People are so messy, and then we contribute to all the messiness because of how we treat each other. Which brings us to this question. How did Jesus treat people? How did Jesus treat messy people? Right? Because everybody he was around was messy, too. He was like the only one. Jesus knew everybody's issues. And he knew who had them and how bad they were. And he knew the issues people had that no one else knew they had. It must have been so frustrating to be friends with Jesus. Because he he, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. I wonder how long it took the disciples to figure that out. He reads my mind. right? I mean, Jesus knew everything about everyone. How would Jesus deal? Think about it. How would Jesus deal with the issues that people have in our day the messiness of people now when you ask the question how would, what would Jesus do and what would Jesus say we all have our own opinions of how, what Jesus would do in our culture in 2022 and how Jesus would react and what Jesus would say and how he, how he would respond we all have our own opinions on this but it's interesting kind of going back to what I said last week that my opinion and your opinion of what Jesus would say and do often aligns very closely to what we would say and do you ever, thought, you ever realize that? Yeah, because we assume that God agrees with us. But here's the deal. Here's what I've learned. The best indicator of what Jesus would say and do in the messy people issues that we have today, the best indicator of what he would say and do is actually what he said and actually what he did when he interacted with messy people. And as we've seen in this series already, Jesus' position when it came to dealing with messy people and their issues and how he treated people, his position was grace and truth. That was his position on the issues. That was his position as he interacted with people. That's where he stood. All grace, all truth. All truth, all grace all the time. Not 50-50, not one at the expense of the other, as we will talk about here in a few moments. But his position was grace and truth. And we have made that abundantly clear, hopefully. That's kind of the theme of this entire series. That was his position. However, his approach and his posture to people was that he was known as a friend of sinners. That was the word on the street. That's what they called Jesus. Jesus was a friend of sinners. And they didn't mean it as a compliment either. It wasn't like, he's so friendly. at Jesus no, it was just like, can you believe who he's talking to? Do, do you know do, do you see who he's texting? Do, do you see? You know who he's friends with on Facebook. Did you see what he liked? Did you see what he shared? Did you see what he reposted? Did you see? I bet. Do you know what? Yeah, evidently, he's a friend of sinners. They didn't mean it as a compliment. But that was his approach. That was his posture. What stood out to the religious establishment is just how much of a friend Jesus was to the people that had all the messy issues, the messy people, the messiest people in culture. Yeah, Jesus connected with them. What I find fascinating is Jesus was never, ever accused of being too religious. Listen very carefully. Jesus was never accused of being too religious. Isn't that odd? You would think that God in flesh and bone, you would think, you would think, right? They were like, oh, he's so holy. He's so perfect. That's not what they said. He was only accused of being too accepting and too accommodating. A friend of sinners. See how messy this gets? All right, let me me take it one step further. How did Jesus treat people? His position was grace and truth, truth and grace. But his posture was one that he was a friend of sinners, accused of being too accepting to messy people with messy issues and too accommodating to messy people with messy issues. But understand this about Jesus. He accepted all people but did not affirm all behavior. He accepted all people. Chew on this. we got to chew on this. This is meaty. He accepted all people as they were, but did not affirm all behavior. You see, the way of Jesus was he, he accepted everybody just as they were, but he loved them too much to leave them as they were. God accepts us as we are, but loves us too much to just leave us as we are. He's taken us somewhere. Yeah, when it came to how Jesus treated people, it was clear. Everyone was welcome. Everyone was welcome. Everyone could have a seat at the table. But it wasn't just anything goes. Everyone's welcome, but not just anything goes, if you think about it. A just-anything-goes approach to life and culture and relationships is, is not a very desirable thing. An anything-goes approach is chaotic. In fact, it's unsafe. It's threatening. Jesus accepted all people. If we're going to learn to treat people the way Jesus treated people, he accepted all people but did not affirm all Behavior. Here's why we struggle with this, you and me. Because in our Christian culture, we often confuse love with agreement. I'm gonna buckle up for this next part. Okay. We often confuse love with agreement, and it's not just culture. It's in the church too. It's in among followers of Jesus too, okay? Yeah, the word on the street is if you disagree with me, then you are not being loving to me. If you disagree with me, you're discriminating against me. No. No, where do we get that? We get that when we confuse love and agreement. Jesus loved and accepted everybody equally, but did not affirm all behavior. Did not agree with all choices. We can disagree with one another. And sometimes we should disagree with one another. Without being disagreeable, being a jerk, and mistreating each other, and being unkind. There's no room for that. But we can and sometimes should disagree without being disagreeable and unloving. In fact, we can disagree in the context of a loving relationship. And we can disagree. And sometimes we should disagree with love. And we can disagree and sometimes we should disagree and still show each other love. Disagreement among human beings ultimately is inevitable. You know why? Because everything can't be true. The very nature of truth is that everything can't be true. It's not just anything goes. Everyone is welcome. But it's not just anything goes. We're all accepted, but not every behavior is affirmed. Do you see how messy this is? You see, Jesus didn't shy away from that. He walked right smack dab in the middle of it, in that messy middle, to reach people on both sides of the mess. And he welcomes us to do the same. I think it's important right now for us to remember what the end goal is here for dealing with messy people and all of their messy issues. The end goal. What, where, where are we going for? What, what are we shooting for here? Well, let me put it like this. I, I don't think it's behavior modification. And but, but What I mean by this is the, the goal of Jesus was never just to clean people up but just to get them all squeaky clean and make sure they're all obeying the rules and they're following all the rules and to give them a list of do's and don'ts. Now, here's the deal. There are certainly things to do and certain things don't. And there certainly are boundaries and there are rules in in the world. I mean, we don't just live in a chaotic anything goes kind of thing, but that wasn't the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is who we're becoming. Who we're becoming. And specifically, to become more like Jesus, to learn to live in the way of Jesus. That's the end goal for messy people, for messy relationships, right? Oh, parents, you know this, if you're a parent, and and listen, even if you're not a parent, everyone in here has been a child. That's a deep thought. Everyone in here, you know, we, we get this, right? We know that the goal of parenting is not just behavior modification, even though that becomes a lot of the focus. Don't do that, stop, put that down, don't touch that. Right? The, uh, 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 you know. Wow. We know, but we know at the end of the day what we really want. What why are those things even important? Because the big goal, the end goal is trying to shape our children. We're trying to help them become responsible. God loving, Jesus honoring, friendly people. Citizens, good citizens of society. Yeah, we're trying to shape who they are become. So remember that because we'll come back to that. That's very important that all these messy relationships you're in, which are all of them, but see there's this one person or there's this group of people in your life that, that really bother you because of the messiness of the issues that they chose or that they deal with or that they're living in and it just drives you up the wall and you don't understand and, and sometimes it's both. Bu- sometimes you look in the church and you're like you church people are the messy ones. You church people, what you believe and your your rules and what you say and all this kind of stuff. And You know what? I agree. I'm just saying it's all messy. All these relationships are messy. But I want you to think about the people that really trigger you, the person in your life that really triggers you. And understand when you're dealing with messy people and their issues, and you treat them like Jesus treated them, keep this in mind. We don't just brush it off. Whatever their issue is, we don't just brush it off. Because when you just brush it off, that's grace without truth. That's, that's honoring grace, which is good, but to the detriment of truth, which is not good. Because you can't do that. We weren't even given that option. We made that clear last week. It wasn't an option that Jesus gave us. You don't just brush it off. Ah, it's no big deal. I know, I know, I know, I know. They shouldn't, and I know God doesn't want them to, and I know you know the Bible says, and I know, I know. But come on, let's just be nice. I'm not a confrontational person. I, I just don't like it. I just don't. You like, just tense. Can we just not just all get along? Right? Just let it go. No big deal. Hey, and hey, come on, come on. We all got our issues. And nobody's perfect, right? To so brush it off. But see, that's grace without truth. We've confused love with agreement. Not only can we not just brush it off, we can't just go around calling it out. Yeah, chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> we see where this is going. Because see, that's truth without grace. That's truth, where we're like, yeah, truth, yeah, the truth train, baby, woo, woo. But see, you can't just do truth without grace. You can't, not to the detriment of grace, we weren't given that option. It's unhealthy. It's not the way of Jesus. Going around just calling it out, calling it out. It's like we're spiritual hall monitors. Hey, 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 you can't do that. Hey, that's a sin. Hey, that's in the Bible. Hey, Jesus said, hey, you can't. Hey, hey, I know that's in the Bible. You can't, I, you can't, you just don't. That's sin, that's sin, that's sin. Here's sinner, there's sinner, Everywhere, sinner, sinner. Yeah, just, it makes me think, um, you remember um, Andy Griffith? Do you remember that? Are we close enough? Are we all young enough You remember that? The citizens rest. Remember that? It's like, citizens rest. This is so funny. As if Jesus deputized me. He deputized me. And I do this in love, right? Watch it. Watch it. Be careful. You can't just go around calling it out. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, well, somebody's got to say something. Somebody's got to say something. Hey, I agree with you. I agree with you, but be very careful with that. Be very, very careful with that approach. You can't just go around calling people's crap out. Because remember, you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Because that's one of our problems. We often overlook our own issues. But just because we have our own issues doesn't mean we don't help other people with theirs. And hopefully they'll help us with ours. No, see, there's a better approach. There's a much better approach when you follow the example of Jesus and look at grace and truth and truth and grace. There's a much better way to go through this with other than just brushing it off and never dealing with it and, and just going around calling it out like, you know, mm-mm. And we find this better approach in Paul's writings to the Ephesian Christians in the first century. And you talk about messy culture. You talk about messy issues. You talk about messy people. You just take a moment and do any kind of reading on first century Greco-Roman world right there. It's a melting pot of all kinds of junk. And a lot of it was very similar to our own present-day stuff. It's eerie how we're still dealing with the same kind of stuff. And so I want you to think about that messy person in your life. And they're messy because they got that messy issue. You know, that thing, that just, they just need to deal with that. It's, all, it's Just deal with that. Just, just wish I could tell them. I wish I could sit down. And I'm trying to tell them. Or you think about those people. You know, the people when you watch the news. You get all hot and bothered. But you think about those messy people. And this is how we are to treat each other. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love, bearing with. Are you, are you with me that bearing with one another is often a bear? You can barely do it. I'll stop. But I stop here to say, look at this grace. You see all the grace? Grace is just dripping through this. Lots of grace here. But he's not done yet. Look at this next part. This is how we deal with each other. The messy people, messy issues. All this grace... Look at this. Therefore, these are just excerpts out of Ephesians 4. You should read the whole thing. Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. See, we're not doing anybody any favors. We're not doing ourselves. We're not doing each other any favors. We're we going around pretending. Yeah, I know, but I just think it ain't none of my business, and I just don't, it ain't none of their business. None of this is the messiness. You got to do both, humble and gentle. Humble and gentle and being patient and bearing with. It's a process. This takes time, but we're going to talk about what's true here. We're going to speak the truth to one another. This is grace and truth. Truth and grace. And then, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. In other words, pay attention to how you talk to each other. When you're doing this grace and truth thing, pay attention to the tone, pay attention to what you're saying. But, but only what is helpful when you're talking, only, only what is helpful for building others up. We'll come back to this. Building others up according to their needs, which means it's not a one-size-fits-all. Now, I'm not saying we all have our own version of grace, and I'm not saying we all have our own version of truth. Truth is truth. It can't be my truth is different than your truth, and your truth is different than that truth. By nature, truth is truth, okay? So that's not what he's saying. He's just saying it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Some people... You got got to just kind of lay it out there for them and love them through it. And other people, you have to butter them up for a couple of months to let them know. Everybody's different. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. At the end of the day, you want to be helpful, right? You just don't want to make a point. You want to have made a difference, not just a point. And then, while you're at it, Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice or evil behavior. And be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. There's that word again. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. In other words, don't you forget about your own issues. Don't you lose sight of how much grace you have been given and how much truth has been imparted to you. This is how we do this. So so we don't, let me borrow a phrase from what we just read. So when we treat each other, the way Jesus treated each other, we're not just going to brush it off, and we're not just going to call it out. What we're going to do is we're going to build them up. Who's them? You know the them, the messy person in your life, those messy people. We're going to build each other up because that's what grace and truth, truth and grace, that's what this looks like when you do it the Jesus way. You build them up. That's where grace and truth converge, and it gets quite messy. You build them up. You accept everyone. Everybody gets a seat at the table. Everyone is welcome. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we affirm everything. It doesn't mean that it's just anything goes. It doesn't mean that there are no boundaries of healthiness and Christ-honoringness. Yeah, sometimes when you build people up, you can challenge each other without condemning each other. Did you know that? That we can challenge each other without condemning each other? And we're not going to confuse love with agreement. We're not going to do this thing and, and be a victim and a martyr. You disagree with me, so you're not loving me. And oh, come on, let's all grow up. And let's all be careful at the same time. You see, building them up is about truth. It's about being honest. We're not going to ignore the issues. We're, we're going to talk about anything that's hindering us with the end goal becoming more like Christ because that's the end goal it's not behavior modification it's becoming more like Christ who we're becoming so truth in building people up is helping them face whatever is hindering them holding them back whether they feel it or not think it or not or want to admit it or not holding them back from becoming who God truly created them to be and we're going to wrestle with grace too and be kind, and gentle, and patient with the process. It takes time. It takes time. If you haven't figured it out, people don't come off an assembly line ready to roll. Oh, it's messy. And that's why so much grace is needed as we confront our own issues, too. You see, when you build people up, you celebrate where they've come how far they've come, and then you encourage them and help them take a next step. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not you acknowledge, you acknowledge. Look how far you've come. Look all you've endured. Look all you have experienced. Look, look at the progress you've made. Now, let's take another step together. I'm with you, and I got my own issues. Hey, could you help me? I want to help you. Let's help each other, arm in arm, life in life. Let's do this and build one another up. See, building people up prioritizes people. Building each other up prioritizes restoring people. Joins God in restoring and redeeming. Yeah. Building each other up is all about helping each other become. We're not just going to brush it off. We're not just going to go around calling it out. Because we follow Jesus. And because we follow Jesus, we build each other up with grace and truth and truth and grace all the time. So, I want you to think of that messy person. I want you to picture them in your brain right now. Don't No, don't look at them. <laughs> picture, picture. Yeah, don't, just come on. Be nice. I want you to see him? picture them, or maybe it's a group of people. And I want you to think of them and see their face. And let's read this one more time. Because this is what God has to say to us, to you, and how to deal with the messiness of them. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully. To that person. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building them up. According to their needs. That it may benefit them when they listen. And get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. And just be kind and compassionate to one another. And forgive them. Just as in Christ. God has forgiven you. This is how Jesus treated people. This is how we must treat each other. But warning if you haven't figured it out already, it's going to be extremely messy. But it's worth it because it's the way of Jesus. We're all recipients of it. Let's join Jesus in sharing it with the world around us. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this. Oh, how I need this so much. Because i got messy people in my life, and messy issues represented in the relationships in my life, too. And Father, may we start in the mirror. Help me to start in the mirror with my own issues. Help me, help us to follow the way of Jesus, accepting all. Everyone is welcome. And yet we don't affirm all behavior, and it's not that anything goes. We, we look at your example, knowing that the end goal is helping people become more like you. So we're, we can't just brush it off. And, and we certainly don't need to go around just calling it all out. Help us to learn what it means to build each other up to build one another up in grace and truth and truth and grace. We have been recipients of so much of that. So may we share it with one another. and Help our church to become a place known for our willingness to engage the messiness of people and all of their issues as we uphold both grace and truth and truth and grace and follow you through the messy middle. And may we as people. Live that out individually. In Jesus' name, amen.